Feels so good to be back. Welcome back after a three-week hiatus. This is Lewis Mercedes, your host of AYNE. Are you not entertained? Thank you so much to all the listeners who leave me feedback and tune into all my content and increase my listenership. I thank you so much for all the support. Continue to follow me on Instagram at AYNE Podcast. And also don't forget to install and download the Anchor app, okay? Anchor on the iTunes Store or Google Play Store, whichever you have, an Android, iPhone, doesn't matter. Um, it's a lot easier to listen to on the app. But if you want to just listen to it through your browser, you can type in the URL, anchor.fm slash A-Y-N-E. On this episode, after such a long hiatus... I got my man, Kyote Howard. We're going to be reflecting and giving our analysis on SmackDown and its future on Fox. Starting in 2019, SmackDown will remain live, but it will move to Friday nights and move to Fox. That is huge. So we're going to give some thoughts on this, the current state of SmackDown, the future of SmackDown heading to a new network. And we're also going to talk about some Money in the Bank predictions. WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view airs this Sunday on the WWE Network. So we're going to shed some light on some of the marquee matches, what we predict some of the outcomes being, who's going to win Money in the Bank for the women's match, who's going to win Money in the Bank for the men's match. Will Ronda Rousey actually become Raw Women's Champion? Will Nakamura finally become WWE Champion? All that and then some. So... Please stay tuned. What's going on, man? Kyote, my man. Long time no hear, long time no speak, long time no see. How's it going, my brother? I know, man. It's going well, man. How, how's everything, man? How, you 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 are you're a free man for the summer now, right? You you <laughs> No, you know what? Not quite. Um I'm I'm working summer school. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yes, yes. So all the listeners, I apologize for the lack of new content. The last episode that we recorded was the 90s, best 90s action movies. And that was three weeks ago. It was like, wow. May, yeah, yeah. like May 23rd, I think it was, something like that. Yeah, so you don't realize how fast three weeks goes by and how much goes on in three weeks. Because around that time, it was also the last week of school over here in Texas, uh, or at least in my school district. So, you know, lot, lots of stuff going on there. And then I started summer school on June 4th. So, you know, it was a little little crazy. So I didn't really have as much time as I would have liked for podcast recording. But I'm back now. So hopefully I can keep it a little more consistent for the summer. Absolutely, man. Well, it feels good to be back, feels good to be back yeah it, it feels it feels very refreshing it was kind of like my mid-season finale yeah, so to speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a, it was like a mid-season break and now this is the uh the mid-season premiere <laughs> i hear you man sounds good 
Yeah, just an update to the listeners. I think I'm going to be uploading content on a bi-weekly basis only because, you know, life. That's that's all I can really uh, describe it as, just life, things happen. So uh, if anything, if it's not on a weekly basis, it'll probably be every other week. Or maybe I'll do like a double whammy in one week and do like two episodes in one week and then, you know, upload it, uh, upload some stuff two weeks later. Sounds good, brother. Yeah, it's just uh, just to space it out a little more while keeping it consistent at the same time. But what's Absolutely. been happening with you in the last three weeks? I know you've been busy. Oh man, been busy, man. Uh, you know, just just wrapped uh, the first half uh, of a of a script that my wife and I just filmed uh, a few weeks back. Um, so we're going through the footage for that, and then you know we're we're rebranding scriptly adapted soon. Stay tuned for that. Um, we were rebranding, cool. got a new, you know, new logo. Just it's going to come out soon. We're, we're going to premiere it in a couple of weeks. Um, so look out for that. And just kind of doing, you know, still doing our <laughs> black exploit and 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 chick flick and you know bringing back our show finally. You know, just some things in the works that we're we're hoping to to uh, launch uh, within the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Nice, nice. Now, when you say rebranded, you're not changing the name of Scriptly Adapted, are you? No, no, just, no not just changing like the, the name, but just just the logo and you know the focus, uh, what it what the focus will be about, uh, more so. So you know, just a just a just a you know a little little a refresher, I like to call it a little refresher. Nice. I appreciate Kyote and Kate uh, and Scriptly Adapted and all that stuff that they're doing because. It's great to see people my age doing this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, for entertainment purposes or one reason or another, I think it's awesome. And whenever I'm scrolling down your Instagram page and your your social media, I'm always reminded of, like, things I got to be on the lookout for. So, like, you'll always have a blurb of an upcoming film or a throwback film or honoring some, some filmmaker or actor or actress that... Hasn't been in the spotlight in quite some time, and it, it's it's pretty it's pretty refreshing. So I, I like it. I appreciate it. Well, man, we it's appreciate cool, man. you, man. Thank you, uh, thank you for noticing. You know, we're just trying to we're just doing what we love, and at some point, you know, uh, trying to get this as a you know as a major you know not major but a, a production company at some point, which is what we're working towards. So, um, oh, nice, yeah, nice. man. We're we're trying to do big things with this, man. It's our passion, so we're trying to do it. Cool. I'll I'll just be sticking with the teacher life and yep. doing this podcast on the side. <laughs> hey man, just just for entertainment purposes. <laughs> I hear you, bro. But, but at some point, at some point, I need a plan B because you know the teacher's salary ain't cut. Listen, man. I, I hear you, man. Listen, you you can always listen. When we get when we get going, you can always join the team, man. We can always we can always use a podcast ver- podcast version of shows on Scriptly Adapted, so that'd be cool. Hey. Hey man, why not? Yeah, you know this. This is going to be a wrestling based episode, but I, I, I just want to mention real quick. What are your thoughts on the Halloween remake? Oh, you know what? It's not even a remake. Not a remake. It's this is what I love about it. It's I find it fascinating that it just basically eradicates and erases all of the other sequels. Yeah. Pretty much. And so, what, what do you what do you think about it? I, I'm excited for it because I'm a huge fan of the original. And I've always been skeptical of like any sequel or remake that tries to follow up. 
I mean, the Rob Zombie reboot that came out ten years ago. I think it was 07. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty good. That was okay. Um, but I think this is more in tune to the original. It has that same John Carpenter feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I gotta say, look, I I was not a big fan of the uh, the Rob Zombie joints. I must say, I, I and and yeah. uh, and Halloween is my favorite horror movie genre. I mean, they're not genre, but horror movie franchise. My favorite. Uh, oh, really? It, it is yeah. my favorite. It is my favorite. I love it. I've seen them all. Um, uh, uh, it, 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 and I'm just seeing this, the trailer, at first, for the first No, I don't know. Three, three weeks, and I'm, in that regard. <laughs> Would not be a show, man. Listen. Oh, Jesus. Um, but funny. no, Obvious from now. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go ahead well, uh, on your thoughts with the Halloween trailer. Yeah, man. Like, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was a prequel at first. I thought they were doing the life of Michael Myers leading up to the events that happened in Haddonfield. Like, I thought it was, I thought at first it was a sequel, but uh, totally not. Um, I was just a little, and I didn't read much up on the film itself. Uh, I didn't know. I don't know if this is supposed to be after H two O, or is this before H Halloween H two O, or is this um, supposed to be after the third one? I mean, the second one of the original. Like, I didn't know where they were picking up off. Yeah, I I have to do my homework a little more, but just based off off the trailer and what I've kind of read online, yeah. This is not really acknowledging or any of the other sequels. Like it may acknowledge like the second one, like the the, the sequel to the original, mm-hmm. but I don't think it exists in the same universe as H two O and Resurrection and sequels. Really? Um, I okay. think this is just. It, it seems to me, unless unless I'm wrong, and, and you know the the film when it's released proves me wrong, but. It seems to me that it's a forty-year pickup after the original. That's mm. that's what I, I I got I gathered from that. Okay, but okay. I I got to do my research on it. But what's impressive is that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride developed this, and yeah. you know they, they they did Vice Principals, Pineapple Express, all mm. those movies. So it's a very it's a very fresh and interesting take. Yeah, and and. Uh... You know, I, it's funny because I was I was thinking about the Halloween franchise and if they were going to do another one or when they were possibly going to do another one. And uh, and then this comes out, which was awesome. So I, I'm very, uh, very excited about this, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be hopefully I, I, I'm praying it's good. Like I'm praying that they do justice to it. And just by looking at the trailer, I, I was it looked like a fresh, different dark take on 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 the events so looking forward to it man really excited yeah i i must say i i am looking forward to it um the halloween franchise itself is not i'll be honest with you i i i didn't like the halloween franchise as as a whole i'm i'm in, I'm in love with the original absolutely yes, yes yes and even the sequel was was pretty good but everything after that was just really really bad 
I'm more of a fan of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Mm. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise was was really good too. Yeah, but the Halloween franchise was just sucked, man. Like they those, those three, four, five, yeah, six, yeah, Resurrection, yeah. Halloween, H two O. They they were all terrible. They really, weren't really. They bad. weren't the best. Uh, and when I say Halloween is my favorite franchise. What I really mean is if one and two are my favorites. That's, that's, right. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. One and two. And then, and then like you mentioned, uh, Friday the 13th, I love. Listen, all those terrible Friday the 13th movies I love. Even Jason Takes Manhattan. That shit was hilarious. Oh, Jason was hilarious. Takes Manhattan is awful. That was, but, that was yeah, hilarious. exactly. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's hilarious. a comedy, essentially. It was so funny, man. Like, how could you hate that? He... he He's on the roof boxing a guy, and he legit uppercuts his head off of his shoulders. It was great. Yeah. It was great. And, then, it was great. But the, yeah, the, and the funny thing is that a good portion of the film takes place on a boat. On a boat? <laughs> like, what? Is... <laughs> he didn't get to Manhattan until, like, it might the last well minutes. Called, it might as well have just been called Jason Goes to Sea yeah, or something like that. <laughs> You're so right, man, because he didn't get to I New can, York. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until Halloween season when I get to revisit all these campy horror <laughs> slasher films. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my tradition. I didn't get to really do it uh, last last October too much, but yeah. I plan on upholding that tradition where I'm just, like, watching horror. Binge it up today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Showing his ass tonight, man. Showing his ass tonight. Look at this. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> But yeah, without further ado, let's get into the real topic. We can we can go on and on about Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth and all that stuff. But what well, well, you know what? In October, we'll have a special Halloween edition of AYN. I, I love it. Let's do it. Yeah, that, that'll be uh, very appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. But today, tonight, I should say, we're gonna get into the future and the legacy of SmackDown. Yeah, we call dude. it SmackDown. Call it Friday Night SmackDown, Thursday Night SmackDown. There's been so many iterations since SmackDown has, well, since SmackDown first aired in 1999. Can you believe 1999 was almost two decades ago now? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Next year will make 20 years since SmackDown first aired. And how appropriate that it'll be airing on a new network. Yeah. A very well-known network and a very profitable network, which is Fox. So it was made official uh, around the time that we did our last episode of AYNE, where WWE and Fox agreed to a apparently it's a billion dollar it's a deal worth one billion dollars. So basically, yes, Fox acquired I shouldn't say acquired, but they outbid NBC Universal and they showed more interest in NBC Universal. So they will be airing SmackDown Live Interesting. on Fox for five years at roughly, I think it's somewhere between 200 and 250 million per year. So it's going to, the total cost of it would be $1 billion. Wow. So Fox just has that money to throw around because they have. You know, they, they have that current contract with UFC mm-hmm. on their, their negotiations. They obviously have the NFL. They have Major League Baseball. Um, you know, they have all sorts of sports programming. So, hey, why not venture into WWE? Yeah. SmackDown still averages over 2 million viewers per week. So, 
it just I guess it made sense for Fox to get into that pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's a win. It's really a win-win for both 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 uh, situation uh, both companies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it opens more eyes to the WWE product for those those people that are glued to Fox programming. Um, and for Fox, it obviously gives them more viewership and more ratings and things like that because it's now bringing in the sports entertainment fans right. into into, uh, into the foray. So this deal includes. Well, it's nothing changes as far as SmackDown airing live. Live. But now here's the weird thing. It's going to go back to Friday nights and it's still going to be live. Live on Friday nights. Live? Isn't on that a Friday? Yes, live on Friday nights. Uh, I, I never, I never, that's, that's kind of unprecedented. I don't recall ever watching live programming on a Friday night unless no. it's sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's like baseball or like college basketball, you know, something, something along those lines. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very, uh, very odd <laughs> to I, say the least. I don't like the live on Fridays, man. I don't know why that's throwing me off. Like, I, no one really watch pro watches programming like that on Friday. So, I, it's I don't know. I don't know. It's WWE, so it's it's it's. They're going to get some eyes on it, but I don't know, man. Friday Live, I don't know. I, well, I don't the, know. you know who will get. It won't get our age group. It'll probably most likely get the younger kids and the teenagers because those those are the – that's the demographic doing much else on a Friday night other than watching TV yeah. or hanging out with, with family members and friends at the house. Um. Or you know the older crowd too. Like if there is middle aged men that are or middle aged women that are still into wrestling and they have nothing better to do on a Friday night, that they'll they'll be the ones to to sit down and watch SmackDown from eight to ten on, on Fox. Yeah, on Friday night. That's but looking like twenty somethings, thirty somethings who are out and about or just busy on a Friday night, then they're obviously not going to tune in. They'll. They'll have to watch the recaps or the highlights or however they get their, you know, their fix. Right. As far as is concerned. Now, is it airing on Fox Fox or Fox Sports? No, it's airing on Fox Fox, like Channel Five East Coast, like wow. like that kind of. Yes, that's why this this deal is huge. So it's live programming on a Friday night, and it will start October 2019. October so 2019. Yeah, so basically right around the time, well, a little after SmackDown marks his 20th anniversary. Wow, man. And then, wow, wow, that's big. Wow. On a major network on a Friday. I don't yes. Know why. Wow. That's pretty. And they got to listen, and they, they won, man, a billion dollars for that? Yeah, it's it's over it's over $200 million per year that Fox is paying WWE for. So you know that made... Vince and company a very very happy party. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, that that will gas up Vince's private jet for like another year or so, man. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Look at yeah, that. Yeah, seriously, because wow. you know five years is nothing to scoff at. So no, that's at a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on the on the product for sure. So are we saying so U S so USA and and NBC Universal had no interest 
in SmackDown, or they did, and their bid was low. Well, yeah, that's the interesting thing. I think at this point, NBC Universal was only interested in Monday Night Raw because Raw has always been a consistent commodity since it, it first started airing on the USA Network since 1993. Yeah. So you think for the past 25 years, Raw still has, um, you know, obviously the ratings, TV ratings are not what they used to be for anything. You know, right. this is just that's just how it is in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still average over 3 million viewers a week. So NBC Universal's like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll still bid money for Raw. But as far as SmackDown is concerned, eh, we don't know. We're not too sure. Because so, I think the, the, the issue with NBC Universal's perception of SmackDown is the issue that, that WWE created, essentially, is, uh, which is – the perception that the common folks have, the general audience, the general population that watches Raw and SmackDown is that SmackDown is the little brother. SmackDown is the B show. Yeah. So SmackDown is not – they probably didn't view SmackDown as high of a priority or mm-hmm. as high on their priorities. Like they figured, you know what, we just probably greenlit a whole bunch of different programming that we can use that Tuesday night for. And you know? I blame I blame WWE for that uh, because yeah now, exactly now all these networks are going to look at or have looked at SmackDown as being the show that will not gain them any type of revenue. So why am I bidding or even going after a show that you yourself consider to be the B show? So <laughs> so <laughs> yeah exactly. So what's the point? Like you know, no, I don't want SmackDown. I'll take Raw, but I don't want SmackDown. That's essentially what happened. So. Yeah, or it was like, yeah, I'll take SmackDown, but I'm not willing to pay more than X amount yeah. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, and that's because it's not like they weren't interested at all. Because I'm sure they wouldn't mind keeping WWE programming on Tuesday nights on the USA Network, but they were just, you know, they were they were more geared towards making Raw their priority as far as WWE programming is concerned. Right. Wow. So that's that's the that's the interesting thing. Big. So. My the, the, here's the big question: SmackDown currently, okay, SmackDown has has a pretty stacked roster, if I must say so myself. Yeah. Like I actually enjoy SmackDown more than Raw these days. Um, and you know, obviously the main reason being that it's only two hours. But come on, you that that roster's stacked. You know, I don't know what's going to happen from here to October 2019. But if it's anything remotely similar to what they have now, with you know some added faces from NXT, they should be in pretty good shape. You know, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, and so on and so forth. Who should be the WWE champion by the time SmackDown moves to Fox? Like, what would be a business standpoint? Because we know AJ Styles is obviously a draw because he's been a proven draw ever since they put the title on him two years ago on SmackDown. SmackDown has increased in viewership Ever since, they- so yeah, uh, AJ Styles is obviously the the most viable option if we're thinking of the present. But a year and a half from now, the billion dollar question literally is who should be carrying the SmackDown brand when they move into the new network? Okay, I uh, I have a I have a, I have an answer for you, Lewis. I have an answer. Okay, thinking from a talking from a business standpoint. 
uh, viewership, merchandise, uh, the channel that they're now on, the network that they're now on being Fox. I think the champion in 2019 could very well be Daniel Bryan. You know, I was thinking that too. Daniel Bryan is not that much of a – that, that's not a long shot at all. Absolutely not a long shot. If, if it's going to be anybody, it, it, I can't – honestly, I can't see – I can't see who else it could possibly be if it's not Daniel Bryan or AJ's not holding it <laughs> or gets it again by the time that happens. Those are the only two. Um, I can't see anybody else. Well, I have, I have a, a scenario. Now, remember, this isn't going to happen this October, so it'll be next October. So we still have Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, even SummerSlam. So right. you still have another big four pay-per-views. We still have uh, this year's SummerSlam. So you still have like five huge pay-per-views before then. And you're also bound to have a superstar shakeup that's going to take place. You're going to have NXT call-ups. So the, the landscape of WWE as a whole may look entirely different where that's true. They're going to have to shuffle the deck to to the point where Raw and SmackDown are even in terms of how their rosters are placed. So, for instance, you see how Raw, they have guys like Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and uh, you know Finn Balor, like the, the really big baby faces or whatnot. You're going to have to put a Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns caliber kind of person on SmackDown. Oh, you have to now. You you, yeah, to. then now they have no choice because now you're they're gonna have to impress Fox yeah. because the, the big wigs, the suits at Fox, they just dished out some huge money for SmackDown, so they're expecting some. Uh, first of all, they're expecting a marketable brand, so they want somebody who's going to be a big draw as their champion. Mm-hmm. They're gonna want more consistency in their angles, not just like random storylines from week to week. Like there needs to be some sort of cliffhanger, some tie-in, so that, you know, the viewer, to hook the viewers, basically. You need, you need that weekly hook. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking you can put, if they want to go down this route, because I'm sure by next year, Undisputed Era will be on the main roster. Oh, absolutely. Put Undisputed Era on SmackDown just to beef it up a little bit. Okay. You could put... If you don't want to put your golden boy Roman Reigns on SmackDown, then put Finn Balor, put Braun Strowman, put like a really like a second big guy on there. And if you're going to put Braun Strowman on SmackDown, then why not have Braun Strowman as the champion? Braun Strowman has the perfect look as far as marketability is concerned. He looks like a monster. And that's the kind of shit that I'm sure Fox would love. Since like they have the UFC, Fox. you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like the Fox premiere of SmackDown, uh, you know, featuring WWE champion Braun Strowman. You know, that's perfect. Or let's just say Aleister Black becomes huge. Oh. He's thriving on the main roster. Aleister Black has that perfect MMA kind of look, you know, that, yeah. that real grungy, gritty, kind of kind of darkish kind of look. Yeah. I agree. So I, that's a okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. See, I wasn't, I didn't even think about the NXT roster. Uh, 
But I like listen. I'm, I like LeBron and I like Alistair Black. I uh, I, I like those two. Um, that's a possibility. And if they want to stay safe, they do Daniel Bryan. If they want to stay safe, if they want to take a if they want to take a chance and be different and out there and kind of see and test the waters of their creativity, then you go an Alistair Black or possible Braun Strowman. So there's many different scenarios they could do, man. Uh, it's a, I, I can't wait because this is going to force the writers and the creative team at WWE to be creative and be, like you were saying, have, have storylines hook the audience and not something just random and quick and then end it, but something that kind of goes on is it's an interesting and it grabs the audience and it connects people. So um, it's going to be fun, man. I, I can't, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. I I mean, I'm not gonna. I can't guarantee tuning in every Friday night, but I'm I'm excited nonetheless just to see what the presentation is gonna be like. Yeah, yeah, that presentation is gonna be big. I'm I'm very intrigued. But you know, I want I want to touch on the Daniel Bryan thing for a second. Daniel Bryan is obviously one of the most over guys, if not the most over guy in the company. But the problem with Daniel Bryan is that us wrestling fans, hardcore Daniel Bryan fans, sure, we want to see him carry the brand. Fine. But from a marketability standpoint, I don't know if Fox is going to buy Daniel Bryan as, as the WWE champion, at, at, least, at least for the, 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 during the time of the premiere. I see what you mean. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. during the time of the premiere, they're going to have to do a lot of promotion. Mm-hmm. And marketing to get those new viewers in. You know what I'm saying? They want they obviously want eyes on their network on Friday night. And if they're marketing it as, oh, you get to check out WWE champion Daniel Bryan, to the average general viewer, you're right. Daniel Bryan does not look like he doesn't look the part. He doesn't look the part of the main eventer. For a wrestling purist and a wrestling obviously for that segment of the audience. We know how great Daniel Bryan is. Daniel Bryan is excellent. Yes. We know that. You can have Daniel Bryan as Intercontinental Champion or United States Champion. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can have him as a secondary champion. I think that's perfectly fine. But I think you got you to gotta have somebody with a little more oomph as far no, as appearance it. is concerned. I get it. You know, and from that, a business standpoint. Yeah, no, no. I, that totally makes sense. And now that you said that, I, I kind of almost want to retract my my <laughs> retract my answer for a second because in, now that you brought that to my attention, you're right, and that was Daniel Bryan's issue in the company always was that Vince didn't think he looked the part of a champion. He he wasn't big. He wasn't he wasn't dynamic looking. He didn't look like a main eventer. But you're right to the wrestling to the to the wrestling fan. I mean I mean like old school wrestling fan and the uh, wrestling purists, they you know they would take a Daniel Bryan as champion. They would understand Daniel Bryan as a champion. But to a new kid who's tuning into Fox for the first time on a Friday and wants to watch some wrestling, they want to see the big, burly, dark, gritty guy with the tattoos and all that stuff, badass, running his you know running his way through the company kind of thing with that belt. And who to put it on that than a Braun or and Alistair, or even if they got uh, if they put Roman on that roster, 
even Roman, yeah. even and that is a major possibility as well too. You know, having that's, Ro- that's true. having Roman go over to Fox because Roman is struggling as far as becoming Cena 2.0. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's struggling. He is floundering, and it is not. Dude, it's, it's not looking good for Roman. It ain't looking good. Like I don't. I, I, I don't think there's any other option but to turn this man heel. There is nothing else that Vince McMahon... Vince McMahon has done everything in his power for the past three years. Yeah. Nothing is sticking. Nothing. Nothing. And it's, it's a damn shame because I like Roman. I do. I do. And I think he just... I, I, I like his in-ring work. I just don't like him as a character. He's very not, one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, he, I he needs that heel turn. He, he needs, needs a, he, he needs a heel turn. He needs a heel turn. I he think needs it, he needs it better than when Cena needed it ten years ago. Yeah, because at least Cena was, you know, you could say what you want about Super Cena this, Super Cena that, but Cena was still interesting to hear on the mic, and he had he had more personality than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doesn't really have personality. He's very dry. He's dry, man. He's dry because he's because like you said, he's one dimensional. So how much more creative and out of the box can you be if you're if you're already written as being one dimensional? You know what I'm saying? Like, unless right. He, so it's 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 making it. I, I I really would love to just talk to Roman and be like, dude, what do you think needs to happen? Like, I would love that conversation. That would be awesome. But I mean, he's hinted at a heel turn in interviews recently, but I'll see when I I'll believe it when I see it. Basically, I, I just don't believe Vince is going to do that, man. I think Vince is Vince is stubborn as shit. He's so stubborn, he's bringing back the XFL, Willis. So, I mean, come uh, on. I man. know. So, I know. So, oh, Lord. Vince, Vince, and we can have a whole episode <laughs> of the XFL. Uh, Vince, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Vince is so stubborn. He's not going to turn Roman heel. That is not happening. I, I just don't feel it. Even when I thought he might do it with Cena. Possibility. I think if if they're gonna turn Roman heel, it has to be like extremely unexpected where he attacks the winner of like a huge WWE championship or universal championship title match. Um he just attacks them like after the match. Like, you know, it has to be like something that nobody sees coming. But like just and that would really, really, really get him over as now, a heel, in my opinion. Now, Lewis, now turning him heel, right? Well, do you believe that that will win audiences or that will just be a good break from the monotony that he's doing now? Like, what would be, what would be your goal from that? Like, do you think that would it, really it would work? Be a little bit of, it would be a, bit, a little bit of both. But this is... He has to attack somebody who's massively over with the fans. Like, the only – there's two people in mind that I could think of, or actually three people. Uh, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Daniel Bryan, because the fans adore them, right? If Roman Reigns just came out of nowhere and just beat the shit out of any one of those three in very vile and vicious and heinous fashion, that would do the trick. That would really, really get him over. Hmm. I'm telling you, can you imagine Roman Reigns just coming to the ring and just beating the holy living daylights out of out of Daniel Bryan? 
who everybody loves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has to be, a, 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 you know, against the right person. Do you think that would be believable? Not even AJ Styles. Even AJ Styles. Even AJ Styles? Yeah. Yeah, that's- the fan, fans love AJ Styles. He's universally loved. It's got to be somebody who's universally loved, not uh, organically, not someone who was made a babyface because, you know, WWE corporate felt like making a babyface. It's somebody who's organically over and universally loved. Okay, because that's how, that was going to be my next. That was going to be my question. Like, do you think could could him do? Could he attacking? Uh, that AJ Styles be effective and believable? Because, Absolutely. Uh, because people hate Roman. Well, the majority of people hate Roman as it is. But if you hate, uh, I mean, if you have him attack one of the best wrestlers on the planet, I mean, it's kind of like you, it gives you all the justification to hate him even more, right. you know? But this, this goes back to SmackDown champion, SmackDown's champion for the time that they do move to Fox. Who's to say that they'll they'll put the title on a babyface? Doesn't have to be a babyface. Could be a heel. Could be a heel with a very good babyface challenger. Because remember, the the traditional psychology of wrestling, wrestling one on one, is the money is in the chase. That's true. The money is always in the chase. That's that's. Old school logic, and I don't even think it's it's old school to the point where it's dated because it's still a viable thing. Like now, AJ Styles has been WWE champion for a long time, mm-hmm. but there's always more money in the babyface going up against the heel champion. That's just always how it's been. Like, who's to say that Nakamura a year a year and a half from now won't be an extremely hot heel champion? You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. Cause he's getting he's he's red hot right now as a heel. I absolutely love him. You know, they're they're doing everything right with him, and he's he's firing on all cylinders with the low blow gimmick and everything like that. Fantastic. Who's to say that he he'll he won't be that high? Uh, you know, when they move to Fox, they could just have the title on him and have a good babyface uh, contender. That could happen. So you know the, the possibilities are limitless in that regard. I listen, man. I'm excited. I I I really can't put. I, I would think Fox would want because Fox probably don't know wrestling, so they're gonna want. Hey, I want the biggest, baddest, most most marketable guy that you can find to be champion if it's on Fox. And while while, w, yeah. while WWE is more like, listen, uh, let's. I, I I see what you're saying, Fox, but uh, this guy is so over in our company that he's going to translate well to your audience. Just trust us. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to go with it, man. It's, it's, but I definitely, listen, I definitely see a Braun and I definitely see uh, Alistair. Uh, I mean, I see it. Uh, hey, maybe, like I said before, Undisputed Era, maybe Adam Cole and company, Kyle O'Reilly. I and, love that. I, I, listen, you know, Undisputed Era is going to be, they're going to blow up on the main roster, in my opinion. I love them. Oh hell yeah! They 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 uh, they're taking they've already taken NXT over like undisputed and especially adding Roderick Strong yes. due to Bobby Fish's injury. Yes. Once Bobby Fish becomes healthy, those four man that they're like the current four horsemen right now. Which 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 WWE is in in need of. They need that stable again. They need 
They need. I know. They need it's been those. such a long. It's time. been a long time since we've had like a really badass stable, and I think that's. I think that's in must. That's in must need. That's a must need. So, they're they're gonna come up and they're gonna they're gonna be big, man. But nineteen is gonna be. I can't. Nineteen, man. I'm. Uh, I can't call it. Hell, it may be John Cena. It may just be. <laughs> it may be John Cena. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but John Cena's on his way out. I, I can't really see that. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's going soon. He's, he's, he's pretty much transitioned into Hollywood, so uh, he's, he's, not really, he's not really a reliable full-time star anymore. Right. He's kind of like The Rock circa 2002, 2003, where, you know, Rock was already, like, kind of on his way out. Mm-hmm. He would just come and show up for, like, three months at a time and then leave. Right. So yeah, that's 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 essentially what John Cena has transitioned into. Yeah. But let's let's reminisce a little bit and do a little retrospect. Let's talk about the Friday night era of SmackDown. Now, me personally, I kept up with SmackDown on Friday nights for quite some time. Um, especially during the purchase college years, because that's what I would do on Friday nights. I would watch SmackDown. And then get my drink on and then head to a party. <laughs> you know? Or get my drink on while I'm watching SmackDown. Either yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, you know, and they, that was just like my tradition. Or if I went home uh for the weekend, you know, just eat some dinner and watch some SmackDowns. So it wasn't really that big of an issue. But once I became an adult, like an adult adult in the real world, it started to become harder, especially because I worked overnights and stuff like that. So during that time, I would maybe catch, like, an hour of SmackDown, then head out, or miss SmackDown entirely and catch the highlights the, the following day. So, then that, that was going on for a number of years until SmackDown moved back to Thursday nights in 2016 and then eventually Tuesday nights uh, to the live slot. And I've been keeping up pretty consistently with that. But that Friday night era, man, was... It was actually longer than people realize. It was from 2005 to 2015, and if you want to get technical, early January, early 2016, like the the the, the beginning of January 2016. Wow! So for over 10 years, it was on Friday nights. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even really pay attention to that. I didn't even realize that until you just brought that up. Uh, but they had a hell of a run on Friday nights, man. I, 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 but the numbers, remember, the numbers weren't that great for Friday, were they? No, not really. They would like, I, if we're talking TV ratings, yeah. I guess, like, okay, as far as viewership is concerned, I think they averaged, like, 1.5 to 2 million viewers, something like that, which is still pretty impressive for a Friday night, uh-huh. all things considered. Yeah. But as far as, like, the TV, the actual TV rating – I remember at one point for like a few years, it was only averaging like a 1.5 rating, wow. 1.2, you know, not even reaching two. Um, I think the first time in, a, in years they hit across the two, the two mark on the a TV rating was when AJ Styles, when they put the title on him. Yeah. But then again, that was, uh, you know, that was when SmackDown was live. Um, but, like, yeah, that Friday night era was very <laughs> – it was a very abysmal time as far as TV ratings are concerned. Pretty bad, man. It was pretty – Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, SmackDown's highlight to me on that fr- – during that Friday night, Friday night era was when Edge was around. Mm. So we're talking, ah. like, 
from 2000 when did edge join smackdown okay from 2007 to 2009 and then like he came back to smackdown in 2010 and then 2011 when he retired but basically yeah so like that three to four year period when he was on smackdown that was when smackdown was actually really really good like a lot of people want to shit on smackdown but i don't think they remember that 2008 to 2009 era that era was really yeah edge thank god for edge man because uh he made it he made it fun to watch because for me yes he was he was such a phenomenally good heel like yeah and remember he had a great supporting cast too because if we're talking the 08 to 09 era of smackdown this was edge cm punk ray mysterio chris jericho jeff hardy who was hot as shit yeah. Undertaker, when back when he was still like you know kind of full time, uh, Triple H was around at the time on that brand. Um, Shelton Benjamin had a nice little singles run. You know, you just it was it was very stacked as far as uh, main event talent was concerned. John Morrison when he finally John broke Morrison, out, Dolph Ziggler yeah. when he yeah. was when he was getting hot. You know, so and I went to a SmackDown taping in '09, and I can attest. That was one of the most fun tapings I've ever been to, or most fun live events I've ever been to because the, the roster was stacked, yeah, man. That, that was a stacked roster. And uh, at that point, they were teetering with, uh, you know, giving you, I, I guess you could say, giving you elements of the Attitude Era and kind of still keeping it almost PG in a way. Like they did, yeah. you know, they tried to be as edgy as they could, which made it entertaining. Um, but man, dude, that, that see, SmackDown for me was how, uh, how uh, SmackDown for me was like I, I, I liked it, I watched it, but Raw was my show. Like I would always, I would dedicate Raw. I would dedicate my time to Raw. Yeah. Um, and Smackdown. I was always a SmackDown guy, like, because when I first got into wrestling, um, I would I would say like a year after I, I got into wrestling, that's when SmackDown had premiered, and SmackDown was more accessible to me at the time because Raw was on cable. Um, it was late, yeah. so you know I was real young. My parents didn't let me stay up a lot of the times, so I would always catch like the highlights of Raw. So SmackDown was like, it, it provided a lot of fond memories for me. So that's why I was always like. I always gravitated towards SmackDown. Then, like that 0203 uh, Paul Heyman era, where you had Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, Edge. Like you know, the list goes on and on and on. Eddie Guerrero. That that was an awesome era, you know. And then when they moved to Friday nights, it kind of fell off. But then it picked up again in 2008, 2009, um, and early 2010. Um, and I I, I love that era, you know, that the CM Punk and Jeff Hardy feud the summer of 2009. A lot of, you know, a lot of people forget about that angle. That angle was hot wow. because you had the straight edge, obnoxious heel yeah. against, you know, the daredevil, not so clean baby face. Like, you know, it was such a paradox that that rivalry, the edge and undertaker rivalry. Who could ever forget that? That was fucking awesome. Um, you know, just just a lot of a lot of good stuff ten years ago on SmackDown. And mind you, this was on Friday night. Yeah, this was Friday night. But you know, with all that with all that you know, that star power and, and roster power, man, like it just it's unfortunate that 
I just feel like some of that was wasted because it was a Friday, so the numbers didn't yeah. reflect that they didn't really get to. Oh, they get they didn't really reach the audience that they probably thought they would with that type of stacked roster. Um. But yeah, man. But, they, you, but you know what? It's interesting that you say that because around that time, SmackDown actually did headline a lot of the pay per views around yes. that time. Yeah, you're right. Let's not forget in 08, who headlined WrestleMania 24 in Orlando? It was Edge and Undertaker. That's right. Um, I was there. What you, yeah. yeah. Oh, you were there for that I one. I was oh, there man. for that one. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um. So yeah, bro. Like SmackDown, there was there, Vince. I think Vince had a lot more faith in SmackDown around that time to really put them as the main event. Because even SummerSlam '09, the main event was Punk and Jeff Hardy, the TLC match. Um, you know, I can name you a bunch of examples where SmackDown headlined the actually main evented the pay per view. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow. So you don't really get that these days, unfortunately. Um, AJ Styles and, and Shinsuke Nakamura should be main eventing pay-per-views. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, the WWE Championship is seen as the secondary title. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. To, which is unfortunate because Brock Lesnar is never there anyway. Oh, no, man. And that's another thing, dude, <laughs> that, that pisses me off, that Brock is holding they're, – they're, I liked it at first where, you know, they did this whole thing where the champ was this enigma. You, you, you know, he's not on the, sh- he's not on the show every week. I, yes, I, I, it was I like, cool at first. Yeah, it was cool at first. It was cool at first. But, dude, I, Lewis, no lie, I forgot all about that title because I have not seen it or heard about it. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Like, I'm sitting watching <laughs> Raw every week. And I'm like, damn, who the f- who's the champ? And I'm like, oh, it's Brock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I forgot all about it. Forgot and it's it. so funny because Raw was just in Houston two weeks ago, and, and uh, Karen and I went. And, you know, going into it, I just was already prepared to not see Brock Lesnar or not see the Universal title. And it's a shame. Damn shame, like, dude. The top champion on this brand is going to be Seth Rollins. Right. Yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins and, was yeah. Seth Rollins was your was your highlight champ of that night. Right, yeah. right. He was exactly. He was he was the, the marquee yeah. champion. Yeah. But it's it sucks because like I I will I will I will say this forever. Brock Lesnar is one of my all time favorites. Um, regardless of how people perceive him with his part time shit and whatnot. You know, and yes, over the past year or so, his matches have become extremely one-dimensional and anticlimactic. But I, I, there's something about Brock Lesnar. Like he's just—he really is a, a specimen and an enigma. But with that said, it really pisses me off that a he's he, he doesn't show up, and b he just surpassed CM Punk's historic 434-day reign as WWE champion. Wow. And he never—he hardly defends the title. That and he never—he's never defended the title on Monday Night Raw. That's one. And two, I mean, he's never gone more than three consecutive pay-per-views defending the title. So yeah, he passed. It's kind of like how valid is that title exactly. reign? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like how like how legit is it? To me, that's not legit, man. To me, that's not legit. You can't you can't surpass another man's ti- like another man's title reign when he's on the show 
and traveling and on pay-per-views and defending it on, paper, on TV and pay-per-view and on live events versus a guy who just shows up and defends it solely on pay-per-views and not every pay-per-view. Maybe two, right. maybe three out of the, maybe three in the year? Maybe three? Four? Like, it was like his record. I think he had, let me see. He actually had three, um, after winning it against Goldberg at WrestleMania, he actually had three consecutive pay-per-view title defenses. Okay, which so is he like, had three. Yeah, because because the match at AJ Styles with AJ Styles in Survivor Series that wasn't even a title defense. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, just look at that. Like I mean, I, I don't find that to be legitimate, man. I don't. I don't. I don't find that to be good. Yeah, it, it sucks, man. It, it's not legit. I am so over it. I'm ready for yeah. him to drop the title. Yeah. I. He's it's drop too it. bad that we have to wait another two months because the plan is for him to drop the title finally at SummerSlam. Who would he drop it to? Roman, of course. <sighs> Here's the thing. I'm reading – I was reading several uh, reports. The first plan was for them to have Lesnar uh, drop the title to Rollins, which I think makes sense because Rollins, they've been building him up all year. He's having a resurgence kind of year. And I'm reading another report that since Roman is entitled to a rematch because he's gotten screwed, blah, 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 at the Greatest Royal Rumble, that it might be Lesnar against Roman at SummerSlam again. Jesus, man. I I can't take any more of their matches. Unless unless someone gets lit on fire, I don't want to see it. Because uh, unless it's an inferno match, Lewis, I don't, I don't want to see the match. All right? Dude, the only good match that they had was at, the first time at WrestleMania 31. That and, was the only. And that was a very good match because we weren't expecting it to be that hard hitting. Right. But the match that they had at WrestleMania this year blew. Dude, and the match yeah. that they had at the Greatest World Rumble wasn't that much better either. Not at all. Not at all. There's just no chemistry. There's just. They, they, I, I can't I cannot do another rope. It's got to be an insane stipulation. Like I don't know, man. Like uh, I don't know, weapons hanging from the top of the like I, I I need something, man. It cannot be just a regular match. It cannot. I can't take them anymore. They just don't work well. It's just what it is. They just there's no. It just doesn't look right. Brock is out of his mind, out of control. <laughs> and, Ro- and, Ro- and Roman's trying to keep up and trying to make it a legit match, but it's hard to do that with a Brock. So it's it's it, it just doesn't work, man. And I don't. And- not, on paper, it's not a very intriguing match. The storyline is not intriguing. No, but Lesnar versus Rollins is fresh. It's fresh. You know what I'm saying? And and Lewis, no one cares because anymore. Lesnar has the size advantage. Rollins would be like the natural underdog and it'll be it's 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 a good it's a good story on paper man it's a good story on paper i'd rather see that i I, but dude no one cares about roman anymore and that's the sad thing no one cares and if he won that if he won that match that arena would go insane they would be out of their mind upset they wouldn't even care care. well first of all they'd be indifferent because they'll probably shit on both of them. Yeah. And then, secondly, they'll probably just be somewhat relieved because Lesnar doesn't have the title anymore. That's true. That's true. So, maybe so they... you know, any, anybody but Lesnar at this point. Uh, but 
I don't want to see it, man. I don't want to see that either. Please give the Barclays Center something to go ape shit over and have Seth Rollins pin Rome, uh, Brock Lesnar and become universal champion. That's what the fans want to see for and, crying out and loud. And do the one thing that Roman couldn't do. Right. Which was, which was pin Brock Lesnar. Hey, and they and that could plant the seed for a, a, a Roman heel turn. Who knows? Ooh, I think we just booked it. I like it. No, but here's the problem, though. Ambrose is on the on the horizon, and I have a hunch that upon his return, he'll he'll be a heel. Really, I have that hunch because Raw right now is lacking good heels. Right, it's like you don't o- really have o- that many. Owens I mean, is basically yeah, you got, you got Owens. Yeah, you got Owens. You got Sami Zayn. You got Jinder Mahal. You got but you need like a really solid main event heel, and I think. Uh, Dean Ambrose, if they if they've turned him heel, he could be like that really psychotic, sick fuck. I would love that it. we've been wanting to see out of him. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I forgot. Jeez, I forgot about Dean, man. He's been gone for a while. Yeah, that injury is a lot more serious than I thought. Like uh, currently, he's rehabbing. I, I didn't realize how serious that injury was. Wow. Yeah, he's been out for, what, seven months now, I think, because he got injured the last, I want to say it was last December. Jeez. So, yeah, it's been about seven months. So, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be back within the next month or two. Right. You think he'll be back in time for uh, SummerSlam? That's possible. That's possible. Hmm. But they may just do something. So, remember what they did two years ago when, when Reigns – successfully defended the title against AJ Styles, and then Rollins had that surprise return. He just ran in and pedigreed Roman Reigns. Yes. Um, They might do something like that where if Rollins does end up victorious and wins the title, uh, Ambrose will just come out of nowhere and just lay him out. And then they'll be like, why? He's your brother. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the perfect storyline. Like, you know, the, the karma came back to Seth Rollins. No, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's simple booking, but you, yeah. can, you can make a, a good story out of it because now the roles are reversed because we're always used to Rollins being the heel. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, and, and this provides a much better dynamic because Rollins is – he's he's good right now in his babyface role. Yeah. Yeah. He needs, he needs to stay this way for a while. He needs to stay that way. Yeah, they, they should not tamper with him. No, no tampering, man, because whatever you do, it's going to drop him right back down to the abyss, and you don't want that to happen to him when he's so hot right now. So just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. And, and maybe, yeah, let him, let him win the title at some point. I mean, that's, I guess that's the next step, right? I mean. I, I know. Yeah, just he might as well, right? Yeah. Just, just just have him be the universal champion. He's doing a great job. He's intercontinental. Why not just make him the marquee guy? Like, make him the like guy. Like he once was. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, it's, it's funny because we're, like, doing our own imaginary booking and doing our own creativity. But this was a lot easier, like, going back to the SmackDown era. This was so much easier 10 years ago to book shit because – of the amount of talent that you had back then, yeah. namely Edge. You don't have guys like Edge anymore. Edge was essentially the total package. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't the biggest guy as far as, like, 
you know, m- muscles are concerned. Like, you know, he didn't have the, the biggest build. Like, he wasn't a, a Roman Reigns or anything like that. Right. But he had the, the height. So, you know, it was believable when he was walking around with the world title, the WWE title. He had the amazing promo ability. Yeah. He made you fucking hate him. But he was such a cool heel at the same time, too. Like, he was the epitome of everything that you would want for, from a heel. Basically, I agree. And then with Lita, with Lita as his heat magnet, like he was, he was great, man. And one thing that was fascinating is that he had so many short-lived world title runs that I think the world title complimented him as much as he complimented the world title. Right, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Because he he retired as like I think a 12-time world champion, mm-hmm. but those reigns were like three weeks at a time, bro. Like, they never lasted, like, more than three months, four months. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He always had short reigns, but the title always made him better as a result. Yeah. You know, because he was that sneaky ultimate opportunist. And I'm wondering when when we're ever going to see, if we're ever going to see somebody like Edge again. Edge, to me, is one of the most underrated superstars you can think of. I, of all time. I have to agree. I, I didn't think that much until I started watching more Edge matches on the network and uh, just kind of watching Edge, period. I thought he um, underrated. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Um, but I think he still had a hell of a hell of a run from tag team to singles to champion. So I... I still thought he had great storylines. I thought he had Lita who made him even better. Um, I thought he, he was able to do crazy shit like the live sex show, which was amazing. Like I, like they, and even even Vicky Guerrero, the angles that he had with Vicky Guerrero as his girlfriend, wife, like that, those those were great, man. Dude, they gave him a lot of creative freedom. And I don't, I, I, I just don't know if he would be underrated. Maybe just not appreciated or utilized as much as he probably you know would. Uh, underrated is the wrong word. I think appreciated uh, is a better word, yes. maybe. I don't know. Yes. There's, there's a word I'm looking for, but because you notice when you talk about the all time greats, like Edge doesn't come up a whole lot, and he should. He should come up because Edge is really one of the greatest of the last 15 years. Absolutely. Like, bar none. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he he worked with the best of them, and and he 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 always had great matches. He was a great worker, great uh promo, uh some of the most memorable segments. Like he really put John Cena over. Yeah. Um, he had a great feud with with Taker. Um, who else? He he put a lot of guys over. Uh, at, uh at that, during his during his main event run, you know. Yeah. I mean, is it fair to say that we may say that he was under underappreciated because of the time he started to get hot? Now, if I'm if I'm correct here, I think the time where he started to hold the title and get these storylines and cut these promos was just around the time where they were really implementing the PG movement, like big time. And am I, am I off on the dates? Because if I remember, it, it, I it, know, it was more kid-friendly. Yeah, his main event tenure didn't start when the, the product was PG. 
but he reached his peak during the PG era. Okay. So, for example, he he started his main event run, won his first WWE title in 2006, but uh, WWE didn't go PG until about 2008. Uh, but that's when Edge was, like, really, you know, he was really hot in 2008, 2009. I see. Because, I, because yeah, at no, that... he was feuding with Edge. Uh, I mean, oh, he was feuding wait, with Edge. You uh, hear me? He was feuding with Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and and Batista as well, um, uh, around that time too. So yeah, so when Edge peaked, uh, yes, the WWE was uh in this PG mode. Okay, I'm just thinking that that has something to do with the fact that at that time more kids were watching at his peak versus uh the wrestling fan fan like you and I like we were we would be watching you and I watched. But were the other fans really appreciating or watching what his work was, what he was doing in that ring? And was I it, know, right? Was it more it, so it, being it, seen by gimmick. kids? His gimmick was a paradox because he was the he was the rated R superstar, right? But yet in a PG product, a you PG know what I'm product. saying? It's... Right. So could we, so did we? My question is: Did they utilize his whole gimmick? based on the times that they were currently in with their programming and whatnot. I see I don't I don't think that I don't think that translated well in some in some cases. That's that's what I was thinking. You know? Yeah, I mean probably not. But I think when it's all said and done, Edge did more for SmackDown um during the Friday night era than possibly any other person did. Like, maybe Undertaker, too, because Undertaker was a huge part of SmackDown as well. But I think Edge was a really critical piece of, of that, that, that era of um, the late 2000s. I agree. I mean, he did a lot. I mean, like you said, probably a little underrated at times, uh, but yeah. Edge was Edge was the man. He was he was on there every 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 week, man. Yeah, every I would week. mark out for Edge, man. Like, uh, well, I mean, we'll get into memorable cash-ins in, uh, later on, but man, I I marked out those two times when he cashed in. The first time with Cena was like the biggest surprise anybody could could ever imagine because nobody called that. Oh yeah. And then when he did it uh, on SmackDown to Undertaker, fantastic, man. Oh yeah. Just had he just had something about him that it, 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 he was just awesome. Yeah, and he's had one of the most impressive careers that of, of any superstar ever in WWE. I mean, this guy started out as a tag team wrestler, worked his way up the mid card, and became a Hall of Famer. Yeah, when it was all said and done, like because of his main event run. Yep. Now I do think they inducted him into the Hall of Fame way too early. It was only a year after he retired. Yeah, I agree. I don't think skin with the fans of you know with Edge's greatness. They could have given it like another year or two before they inducted him. I think it was way too soon. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Totally and if you ever seen that documentary around the time where inducted uh, with his DVD, that's a great documentary too. It, it actually makes you appreciate Edge on so many more levels. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just comes across as a very genuine and authentic guy. Despite the shit that was going on with Matt Hardy and Lita 
and all that stuff because that was also grounded in realism, but he just seemed very genuine about it, you know? I see, yeah. Like, he, was, he actually felt, you know, remorseful. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like, oh, well, screw him. I took his girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't anything like that. Uh, I see. I'm going to check those out because, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's on the network because they, they put all the, the DVD documentaries on the network. Yep. Yeah, I, I canceled my network. I, I'm, I'm like off and on with the network. Sometimes I, I cancel it and then I, I go back on it a few months later. Oh, yeah? yeah, it depends. Yeah, you know what it is? It depends on whether or not I want to pay $10 a month. I, I can think of other things to do with that. That's 10 bucks a month. <laughs> no. That shit adds up after a while. Like, like what, I, what I did this year was um, I kept it around for WrestleMania, then I canceled it after that. Um, so now, you know, I've just been watching pay-per-views you know, through other means, yeah. like that site that I sent you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get the network again for SummerSlam. Like, who knows? I'm off and on with You're it every now and then. <laughs> yeah, like, like what I'll do is if I have the itch to revisit like really old matches and I'm getting nostalgic and stuff like that, right. then, you know, I'll, I'll dish out the 10 bucks to keep it for 30 days and then cancel it. Yeah, it's... It, hey, man. I, I just... I'm, I'm just very sporadic with it. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um... I'm going. I'm trying to. I'm thinking. I'm going to keep it right now because I I really really like the NXT product that they have out. Exactly. That that was that's a huge incentive for me. Yeah. The NXT stuff. Yeah, it's really good, man. And I just I can't give that up. I like the, I like NXT. Yeah, NXT is. <laughs> that's funny because it might as well just be called the NXT Network because it's worth the the price of ten uh, nine ninety nine. Absolutely. Like NXT by itself is worth nine ninety nine. Seriously, because NXT Takeover is always so good. It's fantastic. I cannot wait until Chicago too this Saturday. Like I am pumped, bro. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. Like just when I thought, it's just like when you think that they can't top the previous one, they just do. Like Takeover in New Orleans was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ciampa and Gargano was off the hook. And then, like, two months before that, take over Philadelphia with Almas and Gargano, like, match of the year type shit. Like, holy cow. Definitely. I, you know what, Lewis? I, I have to say, I have not watched that match yet. Dude, you're, you're, you're bugging, man. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. Almas versus Gargano. That is, that is uh, 30 minutes worth your time. Trust me. Oh wait! The, like, oh wait! Just, the Almas Gargano match. Yeah, the Almas oh, no, Gargano saw, match. That, that one I saw. That one I did see. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, okay. Cause yeah, that one's amazing. Yeah, that one I did see. Yes. Yeah. But oh, I, so you didn't you didn't see uh, Champa and Gargano? I didn't see Champa Gargano. Ah, yeah. You got to see that one too. That's another uh, again another fucking thirty five minute classic where it was just classic storytelling, bro. Wow. The type of storytelling that you really don't get that often. Really? In wrestling okay. these days. Okay. Just a quick side note. Speaking of great storytelling, I uh, I watched Okada and Omega Four today. Amazing. Yo, how, how was that, man? Amazing. I mean, <laughs> their chemistry is just so perfect. Yeah. Like their series of matches is their series is just like the best wrestling I've seen in the last five years. Like. Without a doubt. Really? And this is including anything in NXT, WWE, uh, Lucha, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor. 
I'm, it's just amazing, amazing psychology mm. and incredible near falls. And when you watch each match, they build on spots from the previous matches. So it's kind of like they're giving a nod to the other matches, but they're not recreating it to where it's formulaic. Like they try to come up with new stuff every single time. So their first match was a masterpiece. It was a 30-minute masterpiece. Their second match was a 60-minute draw because it, it reached the time limit. Um, what was the second match? The second match. But yeah, their chemistry is just off the charts incredible. Think Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair circa 1989 and how mm. they had that classic trilogy. Yes. Yes. Uh, Put that into the context of 2017, 2018, where mm-hmm. you obviously have like more high spots, it's more fast paced, that kind of shit. So, like their first match, masterpiece. Well, actually, it was more than 30 minutes. I think that first match from uh, Wrestle Kingdom, what was it, Wrestle Kingdom 11 or 12? Actually, it was 11 because it was uh, last January. But um, yeah, that was like a 35 minute, 40 minute match masterpiece when i say masterpiece it was a masterpiece really then okay. their rematch was which was later that year this is 2017 we're talking about which was later that year um was 60 minutes because it was a draw it it, it went the 60 minute time limit which was i like about new japan a lot they still enforce the time limits a lot oh that's cool um yeah that's a very old school um so yeah that that was uh that was even better than the first match like just Amazing stuff. It was a draw. Then when they had the rubber match, another 30-minute damn near classic. And now fast forward a year later, you get their fourth installment because technically the series is still even. And it's a two out of three falls match that doesn't have a time limit and it goes more than 60 minutes. Dude, I, I gotta I gotta get up on my uh my new Japan, man. I know there's a whole that, that's yeah, there's there's a whole lot of shit, man. Like I'm I'm up on my my young buck stuff and my Kenny Omega and you know See, I, Will Osprey. I watched the uh, the Kenny Omega Jericho match. Uh, that was great. That was great. Absolutely, Jericho man. I mean he he still got it. I mean his psychology yeah. in the ring, the way he the way he cuts a promo. He looks like shit, but I mean he. he <laughs> yeah. He he still got it, man. He still can perform his ass off. I mean, yeah, he just won the Intercontinental title. Yeah, over yes. Japan. yeah, I saw that. I saw it. I mean, good for him, man. I mean, he still can. He still can get a crowd, man. He still can do it. He's yeah, really God, God bless him, man. He he can still do what he does in his late forties. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yes, you should definitely check out the Okada and uh, Omega series. You. You will not be disappointed, trust me. So and you this, know what? You're, you're going to look at it with a very fresh take because as someone who doesn't watch New Japan all that often, you're gonna, you're, it's going to be, a, you know, it's fresh. You know, it's not your typical WWE type shit. So, with, so this match that you're telling me now that you recently watched was Okada and, and, and Omega. Yeah, that was the fourth installment of their, their, match, okay. their matches. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out on what you sent me. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. That's like the, it's from the pay per view called Dominion. Dominion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was Dominion. It was aired on June 9th. Um, and just, just a disclaimer you need to set aside an hour, uh, over an hour of your time. 
to watch. <laughs> yeah, because it goes over 60 minutes, I'm telling you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, man, you know, I think you kind of – you should watch the other three matches before you watch this one. Just because it'll just be that much more enjoyable because you'll have the context of the previous matches and how they build up on all of those. Okay. I, yeah. I, okay. I'll do that. But yeah, if you want to check this one out, by all means, and then go backwards and watch the other ones. But, you know, either way, you're, you're not going to be disappointed. We're, we're, all, we're all of them pretty good, you said? Pretty good. Dude, that's an understatement. Like, their first match from January 2017, the 30-minute, the 35-, 40-minute masterpiece, that match actually broke Dave Meltzer's rating scale, and it, it got, he actually gave it six stars. Yeah, he he's <laughs> you okay. know he, okay. he said it surpassed five stars. He said it was a six star match, and I ain't even arguing. <laughs> okay. All right, like it was that fucking good. All right, cool man. I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I'm yeah, gonna, I don't check even. It out this weekend. I don't even want WWE to sign Kenny Omega because <laughs> they're just gonna ruin him. Like, let him stay his ass in Japan. The same thing with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks just stay their asses in Japan and Ring of Honor. Like, I don't even want to. They, WWE just ruined them. I, I feel that Omega, because of the mo- money-wise, will probably come to WWE and explore what he can make out here. Yeah, I think- that's, I mean, that's what everybody does. If they throw enough money at him and... You know, he reaches that point where he feels like he's done everything there is to do in New Japan, and of course he'll come to WWE. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And the Young Bucks, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before the Young Bucks, because the Young Bucks have pretty much accomplished everything there is to do on the indie circuit and and Japan. Like, they're really, really... um, So I think it's only a matter of time before they come to WWE, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that. I love the Young Bucks, man. Love them. Yeah, they're they're awesome. You want to talk, they're, about, they're, you want to talk about innovators in that ring, man? I mean, they get it. They get it going. They're pretty good. They're pretty yeah, good. they're pretty good. Like I didn't think much of them a couple of years ago when I first first saw them, but they they they've grown on me every single time I watched them. Oh yeah. Yeah, they just they just don't cease to impress, man. They they just that good, like. They're, like, legit the greatest tag team in the world. Yeah. Like, they're right up there with the Usos. I would love to see them and the Usos go at it. Now, you want to talk about highlight reel? Now, that's that's a highlight reel right there. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be straight highlights. So, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about, before we wrap it up, a little bit about Money in the Bank this Sunday. You know what the problem that I have with this card? Too many matches. I don't know why WWE feels the need nowadays to put 11 fucking matches or 12 matches or anything over eight, nine matches on a card. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, they, they, there's no need to have that many matches, and there's no need for the pay-per-view to be that damn long. Don't they realize that this is the 21st century and attention spans are much shorter? Yeah, so I don't WWE apparently doesn't realize that in the 21st century attention spans and they can't be doing these long pay-per-views. I had read somewhere online that they since now that the pay-per-views are co-branded with Raw and SmackDown, 
they plan on squeezing more matches into it and having the the average time for the pay-per-view be three and a half to four hours. Wow. Wow. That's long, bro. Too long. That's long. That's long. Especially if that's too long. Get it. It's once a month. Especially if we got matches that aren't just aren't cutting it. That's way too long, man. Exactly. And I feel like there's too much filler on this money in the bank pay-per-view. Like you got Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Um, you got Car- yeah. I mean, Carmella versus Oscar is a little intriguing, a little for the women's title, but you could just see that on SmackDown. You know what I mean? I don't think that's. I don't think you have to squeeze that in this pay per view. Like they could have just saved that for another pay per view. I, I agree. You know, not every fucking feud has to be showcased on the pay per view, and I think that's they got the wrong idea, man. Yeah, I think feel like every single angle or program that they're airing on TV has to be culminated on pay-per-view. No, man. You could have it culminate on the the Raw SmackDown before the pay-per-view or the Raw SmackDown after the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. There's not you don't you do not have to put 10, 11, 12 matches on one event. I, I agree, dude. I you know what's the you know what the I feel that they feel that trying to get all their stars on the pay-per-view. That's what I think is happening. I think they feel that they have to highlight all their stars, make sure everyone's getting shine so no one's feeling slighted because their roster is huge. I mean, they got they got they have a roster, they have you know, both SmackDown and Raw have rosters full of guys and 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 women who are semi to big talent. And it's if you, pretty, yeah, if you think about Raw and SmackDown put together, it's pretty loaded. Yeah, it's pretty loaded. So not having your star on a pay-per-view, you may look at some may look at that as being, you know, what the hell? Uh, why is he or she not on the on the pay-per-view? Like what's going on? You know, right. you may want to see him, but some of these matches are a little ridiculous. Like this Sami Zayn and Lashley joint, that could be done in like on a on on a on a, a live event in like Singapore, like no one wants to see that shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's who true. Who cares? Who cares? Like who cares? Who cares? It's true. And like even um uh what what else is on the card? A lot of people care about. Oh, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Gallows and Anderson. Not interested. You you could just see that on SmackDown, bro. Like that does not. Warrant a pay-per-view slot. I'm no, pretty no. sure that's we end up on the pre-show. I, it may, it may. No, it should actually. <laughs> it definitely it should. should. I mean, come on, man. Like, uh, three hours is is enough for a, a pay-per-view event because a pay-per-view event should just be three hours, but no, nothing longer than that, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and but, now, but like, Lewis, you know, to be on the East Coast, it, it sucks for you guys because in Central Time, everything is an hour, uh, an hour back. Yeah. So four hours for me isn't that bad because that's only, let's see, uh, two, three, four. So that's only, um, I guess seven to about eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. which isn't that bad. But you, you, you guys, that, that's almost midnight so pushing it's, it. It's damn near midnight, bro. It's it, I gotta wake up in the next morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, it's. 
I I I see what they're trying to do, but it, it's a it's it's not it's not it's not good it's not good uh, as far as keeping the audience's attention, especially. I mean, yeah. you told me you were struggling through SmackDown, right? Or you went to Raw when you went to Raw, right? It, it, felt, yeah, yeah. it felt like a three-hour show, like it. It's, Oh, it felt long, man. It I mean, it, it was it was exciting to be there, and it had its moments and stuff. Course, and overall, we had a good time. You know, I thought it was a solid show to be there in person, but too long, bro. Too long. Too long. Too long. So I, I don't know, bro. I'm I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking that's, that's WrestleMania has these days. Yeah, WrestleMania for the past the past three WrestleManias have been a chore to get through because they're just too long. Like, no one wants to sit there for four and a half, five hours, sometimes longer than that. Like, that's too long. Like, I don't know what – I don't know how hard it is for them to – like, have they not heard of the philosophy of quality versus uh, – of quality over quantity? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd rather have seven great matches than to have – 12, 13 matches, and only two of them are good. Yeah, and so-so matches. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, yeah, it was all right. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's how I felt about this year's WrestleMania. This year's WrestleMania only had, like, two or three good matches, and the rest was just blah. Yeah. yeah. You know? Not to say that the event was terrible, um, but, like, there wasn't nothing particularly memorable outside of, like, two or three matches, mm-hmm. if that. Um so I feel like Money in the Bank, going into Money in the Bank, I have five matches that I care about, that I legitimately care about. And that's Seth Rollins versus Elias for the IC title, because I think that's going to be good. And I, I'm curious to see if they, they'll actually put the title on Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey for the women's title, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, the last man standing match. For the WWE title between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, I think that's going to be great. I think that's yeah. where they're going to finally go all out with one another. Um, because that match that they had on SmackDown a few weeks back, that was actually really good. Like I, I feel like now they're starting to hit their stride. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Those are really the only five matches that I care about. I do not care about the rest of the card. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I mean... It's literally been just those five matches. You do realize that, right? Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's yeah. literally been just five matches at like two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> maybe or maybe an additional match on top of that. But, and, you know, and it would have been a standard two and a half, two hour and 45 minute pay-per-view. And I would that would have been fine. What's wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I think they're trying to cram too much to to get storyline in and to get people their shine and I think they're really trying to really make sure they're highlighting uh they're highlighting their stars on on pay-per-views and I don't think they want to keep anybody out and uh it, it the thing is now that they're now that they are they're 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 co-branding now they're co do they're doing this co-branding of the pay-per-views uh, it's going to, you need to be really s- precise with the storylines you want to highlight on these pay-per-views. And perfectly, they need to be more precise and yeah. uh, they need to target 
they just need to be more. I don't know. Well, you said it basically is precise. Because I, you know, I just don't, I don't think they need to do like for instance, and I'm going to keep going back to it. That Lashley and Zayn match. I mean, the, the, the story fell short. No one cares. And Lashley is God awful. And Zayn can only do so much to build it. And I don't think Zane. I love Zane, but I don't think Zane's at a level where he can carry a guy like Lashley to make him look any better. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Like, exactly. To, to kind of make him look good in this situation. Like, hey, there's only so much he can do. He's not to that level yet. He's not like a Cena or an Edge or H, Triple H. Like, these guys can get the worst guy over. Uh, Jericho yeah. definitely could get the worst guy over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And, and I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get they, they're, they're trying to get Lashley over. But Lashley, he fucking sucks. He's terrible. He's terrible. I'm sorry. He is terrible. He's whack, He's whack man. He is He's whack. Like, oh whack. God. Perfect description for him because he, he, he sucks. He sucks, Lewis. He's so bad. So like on Roman Reigns, I would take Roman Reigns over Lashley any day, any Absolutely. day. Absolutely, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He is just so bad and just boring and just ah. He's not. Yeah, that's exactly. He's not going to be there boring. long, dude. I'm calling it right now. He's not going to be there long. I give it. Well, then again, I don't know what what his contract is like, but I, I would give it like two years tops. Two years, yeah. He's older anyway, though. Uh, what is he, like, late 30s, early 40s now? Yeah, just I think he's late 30s, I want to say. Yeah, he's not not exactly spring chicken. I mean, he's in, he's in you know, tip-top physical shape, but, you know, who's to say that he's not prone to uh, any type of injury? He's older. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. He, he sucks. Moving on. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> He's not, even worth, he's not even worth my, my time. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. So Lashley was born in 76, July 16th, 76. So there you go. He's going on 42. Wow. So he is 41 years old. There you go. He's over the age of 40. So fuck him. Yeah, he's done. I, I don't care about him. Don't care. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so. Well, what are your predictions for those five matches? So let's start with the IC title match. Rollins and Elias. You think uh, Rollins will drop the title? or uh, keep- Rollins will not be dropping the title, but I would love to see Elias win it. I think if you're going to... If you're going to, let, if you're going to try to make Elias legitimate or just give him some type of... Uh, some type of... Looks, some types of where he looks like he's got some type of strength in the ring... You you gotta at least if he's gonna lose, let him lose with some type of dignity, if that makes sense. Like let him yeah, don't make don't, make him look yeah, make him look strong. Don't make this like a comedy show. Don't make this make you know it's not a squash. It shouldn't be a squash. That's what I'm saying. Should not be a squash. Nah, I don't think it will be though. I don't think so. But I I don't think I don't think uh, Rollins will be dropping it. Yeah, I don't think so either. And you know what? It wouldn't even be a long shot to say that this this uh, program will continue into Extreme Rules. Oh. Which would make perfect sense. You can make it like a, 
a guitar versus chair match or some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's but right. they can definitely continue that feud because one, the lies is very over, and I, yeah. it, it, I, at a live event, he's very over. Trust me. Um, it's not. It, it, it comes across that way at TV, and it, he's it, the same way uh, in the arena. Um, so he's very over. That's one, and two. Apparently, Vince is very high on him, which right. rightfully so because he is probably the only guy that sucked in NXT and is thriving on the main yeah, roster. Because right. I, <laughs> I just thought he was corny, yeah. but he's absolutely great on Raw right now. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's a good prediction. I, I predict the same thing. I think Rollins retains. Yeah. Uh, how about what is seemingly going to be the main event? Uh, supposedly, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Do they give Ronda Rousey the title? Absolutely not. You don't think so? No, they cannot. That would that would be insane. I I would totally totally shut that network off if they gave her the title. <laughs> Shut it off. I can't. No, no. She can't win the title. It, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't do. She, we, we haven't. <clears throat> yeah. So Ronda Rousey, right? Yeah. So no, no go for a role. No go. No go with the title. I know she's coming in with the reputation of being that badass fighter. And, you know, she's going into the Hall of Fame and all this stuff. Uh, the UFC Hall of Fame. I, I get it. Uh-huh. I get it. But you can't have her come in and dominate your champion in her first title run, in her first title match. On and her second. Oh, her, you know what? This is her first singles match. Her first singles match. It's just not. It, it's not real. It's not. It no. And then you and then you destroy Nia, which you're trying to build by giving her the title, like. It, you're gonna make Nia look like a loser. Like you're gonna make her look you're gonna make her look like she she I don't know. It's just gonna be it's gonna be all for nothing. I think what they should do, let that storyline ride, let 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 Rhonda or maybe she doesn't even have to lose to Nia by pin, just a disqualification on Nia's part. Nia feels like that would be, Yeah, yeah. I think you know, that would be the that's course the of action. Best way to end this, where both of them can kind of walk away from it. Scratch free, but you yep. cannot have one of them pin either one of each other. You cannot, can or or tap. It just cannot happen. It just can't. Well, you know Not what they could do, it, right? They could do the classic um, clusterfuck submission pin storyline where they've they've done a couple of times before, where um, uh, Ronda Rousey would have the submission locked in, and as Nia 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 kind of counters and has Ronda Rousey's shoulders on the mat. And while the referee is counting, she taps out once the, the referee hits the three. Hmm. Yeah, they, they've done that a few times before in the past. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. haven't seen anything like that. I mean, I know it's a clusterfuck, but it would give Nia Jackson out because she could be like, hey, I, I had your shoulders pinned to the floor. But then Ronda Rousey could be like, I should be the champion because I made you submit. So that, that way the match ends in a draw and, you know, like you say, both walk away scratch-free. That right. is an option, too. And that's that's less of a disappointing ending than a DQ. Exactly. Yep, DQ would put more people off, you know? But that if was... you did that, that pin submission thing, um, 
I, I think I think that would be the good way to, to go about it. I agree. I see what you yeah, I see what you're saying about that. Yeah. I, I you know, I get but listen, it's also WWE and we uh don't do not sleep on the fact that this could be a uh a, a, a disqualification. Yeah. Uh, yeah or on the fact that Ronda Rousey wins the title. Jesus Christ. I, I you Dude, I mean look, you just said it. Ronda Rousey's getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. What better mainstream coverage than raw uh, current WWE women's champion Ronda Rousey is also getting inducted into the UFC Hall. Ah, come on. Vince loves that fucking extra publicity, man. But what good would that do for your champ or your ex-champ, I guess? Like, what good would that do to, like, what? I just don't feel like she's ready for that. Like, I don't don't think she's ready either. But at the end of the day, money talks, you know? Yeah, listen, yeah. I mean, Money, money, mainstream coverage talks. And if they want SummerSlam to be big, like it typically is, then you could have her go into SummerSlam as the women's champion. Or you could just extend this rivalry through the summer and have Ronda Rousey get her big moment at SummerSlam and win the title then. But you know what, though? They need to have her wrestle a couple of more matches on Monday Night Raw and shit like that. Make her seem like more of an active competitor than a special attraction. No, has right she now, done Ronda any Rousey matches on Raw? A, huh? Has she wrestled any matches on Raw? No, sir. So she has, no, she has only wrestled. No, she's only done like segments. So she's coming across as like a Brock Lesnar type thing, like a special attraction. But she's full like. time. Yeah, exactly. She's supposed to be full time, so I would want them to start start having her, even if it's in like tag matches and shit, like or some squash, some two minute squash matches. Like, start having her compete on Raw on a weekly basis. Well, even if it's not a weekly basis, like you know, every other week, like just start having her have more matches. I don't think it's good to present her as a special attraction. If indeed you're trying to present her as a full time employee, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't want her to be the female Brock Lesnar. I want her to kick ass week in and week out. Yeah, that's what I want. Because then if she wins the title, then what? You know what? She's going to defend the title once a month, once every two months? That's true. That's true. And that we cannot have two major titles being held up for hostage by two people who are not on the show. You just can't do that. You just can't do that. Yeah, no, no. You just can't. I, I, you know that that that's that's another reason why Money in the Bank is going to be extremely intriguing because there's going to be a lot to talk about the next day. Listen, I don't mind a Ronda Rousey winning, possibly at SummerSlam. All right, just answer this, Lewis. Answer this for me. Will she hold? Will she have the title? Will she have the title, or be or win the title by SummerSlam? Like you mean before SummerSlam or? Was, okay, Mike. I guess it's a two. It's a two part. Do you think she'll first part? Will she win the title before SummerSlam? From a business standpoint, I kind of. That's my prediction, bro. I, if if this match doesn't end in a disqualification, I think she's winning the title. Wow. I don't, I don't, I'm not that crazy about that idea, but I, I think that's the way they want to go with it. 
unless they want to extend the feud for the next two months. All right, then, okay, so let's say she doesn't win Money in the Bank or the pay-per-view in July. I don't even know what the pay-per-view in July is. Extreme Rules. Oh, Extreme Rules. Okay, let's say she doesn't win on either pay-per-view. Will she win at SummerSlam? Yeah. If she doesn't win at Money in the Bank, she'll win at SummerSlam for sure. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. And then will she hold until Mania? (laughs) I don't know, man. You know what? If I'm thinking somebody might cash in on her, if if it's, if it's a raw, uh, if it's someone from raw who wins the money in the bank, uh, women's money in the bank. Oh, let's talk about the women's money in the bank ladder match. Who do you think is gonna walk away with that one? Is it gonna be a, a raw gal or a SmackDown gal? You know, dude, I am very intrigued about this match. I Me too. honestly can't call it. Uh. If I, had I to, can't if I, call it either, but I would think a Raw uh, gal would win it since, uh, you know, they had the SmackDown ladder match last year. Yeah. Um, if I had to put – if I had to – I don't If I had to see who would possibly win this, I'd, I'd go maybe for a shocker, maybe Lana. That's that's what I, I read uh, as far as predictions are concerned too. That if they want to go completely left field, then to have Lana win it, I, I'm not that crazy about that idea. I'm not crazy about it either. I don't, I I listen. To, I I am not crazy about that either. Uh, but shocker. <laughs> but that would be a shocker. That would throw people off, and I think they need to start building Lana because Lana. Is starting to flounder underneath the Rusev Day stuff. I think yeah. they're they're forcing the Lana Day and the Lana, uh, the Lana song that you know they sing and all that. I think they're forcing it because Rufus Rusev is so hot. So why not put your wife with you, who a is hot and beautiful, and then we could just have you just do the whole Lana Day and kind of make that work. But. What I've noticed watching the shows, it's not really working. Like, it's not like Rusev. It's not on that level. Yeah, no, it's not working. So my, across as, uh, forced. Yeah, so my thing is, if you're trying to build her, which I definitely think that's why she's in this match, because she's complete trash in the ring. But if, if yeah, you, she's terrible. It's really bad. Um, if you're trying to build her, have her win Money in the Bank. Uh maybe cash in and possibly lose like a born Baron Corbin. Like, I don't know, maybe something like that, but, but least, I feel like that would be a waste. It would be a waste, but you've done, but you've done your job by keep keeping her hot for that entire length of time until she cashes in. And at that time she's so hot, maybe, but maybe, you know, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's a waste if she doesn't win, but you've kept the momentum of a Rusev Day and Lana Day, and now she's carrying that, that briefcase, and it's, it's that now she's got some attention on her. So I'm going to go on a wild it, – it's probably not going to be Lana, but I'm going go to go on a wild one and say Lana. I'm going to do that one. Man, this, this is a tough one. I don't, I'm sticking with my guns. I don't think anybody from SmackDown is winning. Okay. Um, I'm sure they'll put Becky Lynch back in the women's title picture in no time. I don't think she really needs to win Money in the Bank. Um, she needs I a mean, little push be, too, dude. 
Yeah, yeah, she's been she's been floundering for a minute. Like she doesn't need a push. And I love Becky Lynch. She's, she's always, always been boring to me, man. Always. Really? Yeah, I've never been up on Be- Becky Lynch. I've I've liked her from her NXT days. I've always been big on Becky Lynch. But look, but look, what she what has she done? Like she has it. The things she's done, they quickly taken away from her. Like she's not been any type of big. Look what they did with Naomi. Look what they did with Charlotte. Look what they're doing with Lot. Like, they've not, they've not spent any time trying to get Becky Lynch to that next level. And when she was, no one really cared, and they took it away from her. Like I just said, like it. Yeah, uh, she was the SmackDown, the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, and you know she dropped it three months later to Alexa Bliss. To Alexa Bliss three months later, like it, I don't know, it just. I don't think they're. I don't even think they know what to do with her. To tell you the truth, I don't even. I don't know. You can turn her heel. I was listen. That's that's always the second option. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say uh, it's gonna be some. I think it's somebody from Raw that's gonna for the women at least. I think yeah. it's gonna be somebody from Raw, and I'm, my money's on either Alexa Bliss or Sasha Banks. Because if Alexa Bliss wins, it just makes sense because she's just sneaky. Right. And, uh, and she's an opportunist. Um, if Sasha Banks wins, I feel like she'll turn heel when she cashes in. Mm. So that might, that that might be, be there. That could be way off, but that's my prediction for now. That could be the opportunity to get her heel since that's been the rumor for a while. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Now let's talk about the men's money in the bank ladder match. Who are you who are you picking? Somebody from Raw or somebody from SmackDown? Ah, man, another one. Because uh... from the SmackDown side, you have a member of the New Day, uh, the Miz, um, Samoa Joe, and yeah. So. The the SmackDown participants, I have to uh, I, I have to uh, look it up and do my research. Who is uh, who, who's, who's, who is the, that that the Miz? Uh, the Miz. Uh, it is a member yeah. of the, member of the New Day. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. And who's the other one? Uh, SmackDown. Is it Rusev? Uh, it's not. It, it is Rusev. Yes, I want to say it's Rusev. Uh, oh man, who? God, I want to say it's Rusev. Yep, I'm looking at it. It is Rusev. It's Rusev. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then from the Raw side, you have Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, and Kevin Owens. Right. I'm so pretty, I'm pretty the, uh, uh, man. Uh, I'm I'm I I would love to see Rusev win. Um, that's my I would like to see Rusev win, but. Yeah, the fans would go ape shit. But if I had to be more, I just can't see Braun walking around with a briefcase. Like I don't know. 
Yeah, I, 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 I could see with I could see that. Yeah, I just well, I, I I could see your argument. I can't see uh, Braun Strowman. I just can't see him walking around with that. Um, if anything, if, if it ain't Rusev, I'm gonna go possibly Kevin Owens. Uh, yeah, you know what? He would. Yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about him actually being a potential candidate, but he would be perfect because that's his character. He's right. You know, Right. Sneaky heel. Yeah. Like I, I, I would love to see Rusev. I think it's I think you gotta ride the wave of this of this uh of him being so over with this Rusev day. Uh even if that meant giving him the briefcase. I mean he they're not gonna give Lana and him the briefcase, but um Yeah. It would be interesting to see him. But if I had to it, but it would look better and it would do a lot more for Kevin Owens' heel run that he's on right now, with him just carrying a briefcase. How obnoxious that would be, you know? I know, right? Him walking. That would, yeah. yeah. I, I would imagine the promo work. Damn, now that you're mentioning it, yeah, that would be very entertaining. Like him walking on a week, walking into the arena on a weekly basis in a suit with that briefcase, like it would just be great. It would be great. Yeah, with Sami Zayn right by with his Sammy side. Zane. <laughs> Probably guarding the case, like it would just—it would be so good. They could do a lot with yeah, that. Yeah, they could do a lot with that. Gold. Yeah, it would be gold. Yeah, they could do but a lot. But my opinion is, I think it's either going to be Bobby Roode or Samoa Joe. Hmm. And the reason why I say Bobby Roode is because remember, this is how it typically goes: the person that you least expect usually wins. No one, the Bobby Roode is not even considered a favorite. No. to win. No. You're right. You know, so what I mean, this is a way to revitalize his career. He could potentially turn heel by cashing in. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, you know, you never know. Samoa and then Samoa or Bobby. Just, he, he makes a great candidate for Money in the Bank on yeah. SmackDown. I Who like knows? If, if Styles somehow retains the title. Joe will just fucking cash it in on him and then uh, renew a uh, classic rivalry that they they on in TNA days. Oh. That's not bad. Now, the last standing match uh, was Styles and Nakamura. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that Styles drops the title at this point. I think it's time. Yeah. I think this happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's time to pull the trigger on Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happens. I think it happens. I'm, I'm. If it don't, then there should be no more. Uh, <laughs> there should be no more matches between them, man. Or at least give it a rest. Good God, like what? <laughs> what are we? What are we trying to prove? Like, uh, yeah, I know. Like the only match that's had a definitive conclu- uh, conclusion is WrestleMania because every other match has ended with a low blow yeah. or a double count out or yeah. Some other crazy shit. But this may be Nakamura's time to get to, to, to win that title. Yeah, I think now is the perfect time. Have him win the title, and AJ Styles has a justifiably right reason for a rematch yeah. because he never got pinned or submitted, so they could settle that extreme rules. Extreme rules. Just- yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, I like it. I agree. So real quick, um, what what is your favorite money in the bank cash in of all time, or at least one of your favorites? 
I got to say one of them was definitely the Baron Corbin cashing in and losing. I thought that was really good. Um, really? I, I thought it threw everybody off because I think everybody thought that Baron A was so high. He was looked at so high up in the company by Vince and the guys in the back that they thought it was going to be an easy cash-in win. And it just threw everybody, yeah. threw everybody off that he lost that. <laughs> threw everybody off. Um, and, then I, and, and then I loved the Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler cash-in. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, that was a classic. That was great. That's one of the loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, that one was fantastic, man. And it was bound. Yeah, it was he awesome. needed that, and then they shit it all over him a little while after that. So it was just. Yeah. <laughs> it was... But at least Dolph Ziggler can always say that he's had one of the most memorable moments yeah. in WWE history. Yeah. Absolutely. As far as are concerned. Yep. Absolutely. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the Dolph Ziggler one ranks up there. Um, but some of my other favorites I had mentioned earlier, Edge cashing in on Cena mm. the very, very first time. Because the very, very first time, you didn't know that Edge – first of all, the Money in the Bank concept was new. So you didn't really know that someone can just cash in at, on someone after they already had a match. Right. We always just assumed – that the person would cash it in, you know, and announce like, oh, I'm going to challenge you for the title at the next pay-per-view. I'm going to challenge you next week on Raw. Mm-hmm. That's what we thought Edge. And the clock was ticking at the time for Edge because we were like, yo, WrestleMania is two months away and Edge still has that briefcase. Like, are they going to put him in a title match? Or what's what's going on here? So, you know, Cena does... His, his, this is this is around the time where Cena starts to become very hated by fans, right? Because they just book him like Superman. Um, he retains the title in an elimination chamber match. He stands tall. Then Vince McMahon's music hits, and then he says, "Hold on, lift that chamber up because your night is not over." Mm. And then when Edge's music hit, that's when it was like, "Whoa." Wait a minute. Yeah. No, this isn't happening. And then that that was just an awesome moment. Yeah. It would have been a fucking stupid moment if Cena had uh pinned Edge because remember Edge hit the spear and Cena kicked out. Yes. Yes. And everybody was just like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> but good thing, good thing that they didn't make him look too supermanish and then, you know, the second spear you know, but that was like the validation. Like Edge has arrived. Yeah. Like, you know, and Edge even says in the documentary, um, when he hands Vince the briefcase on the stage, Vince says something along the lines of, uh, I I don't think he said don't let me down. I think he said you better make me don't make me regret this. That's what he said. Yeah, he's like don't make me regret this <laughs> because you know he wasn't really that big on Edge at the time. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a leap of faith with you. So he, that's what he, t- that's what he tells him when he's on the stage. He's like, you know, don't make me regret this. Wow. And then Edge, Edge, yeah, Edge sees the most. It's a great, it's a great story. Yeah, that's a that was a great one, man. I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and then obviously the time when uh, he cashed in on Undertaker. Oh yeah. Because the <laughs> fucked up thing was that he beat Mr. Kennedy. 
for the briefcase earlier that week on Raw. That's when management just soured on Mr. Kennedy. They were like, oh, man, man. Mr. Kennedy. He got screwed, man. Man. Yeah. They soured on him. And also, Undertaker had to take time off because of, you know, he was injured. So they were like, damn, man. We need a we need a heel on SmackDown. Like we we did, something's got to give. So that's exactly what they did. They had Edge take the uh, briefcase from Kennedy, and then have have a surprise appearance on SmackDown, and then you know cash in on Undertaker, making making Edge even more despicable. Wow. Yeah. Really putting him over. Yeah. Um. You know what was another one that I I the the CM Punk ones too. Ah, CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah, he cashed in on Edge because that was great karma for Edge. Yeah. But then a year later, he cashed in on Jeff Hardy. Not because I was ecstatic because I loved Jeff Hardy. I just felt like it was the ultimate dick move when he did it in 2009. Because Jeff Hardy had just beaten Edge in a grueling ladder match mm-hmm. to win the World Heavyweight Championship. So Jeff Hardy has this moment. Uh, Jim Ross even gets into the ring and is about to interview Jeff Hardy and then CM Punk's music hit. Mind you, CM Punk's a babyface at the time. So his music hits and then, you know, he he, he, he fucking kicks Jeff Hardy in the head. <laughs> you know, gives him the go to sleep. And once he gets that three count, the fan, you could see the fans in the background in attendance. Like some of them have their arms folded, yeah. their jaw dropped. Because they like, yo, we like CM Punk and everything, but Jeff Hardy's our guy. Like, why did you have to steal that moment? And that was the beginning of CM Punk becoming an obnoxious heel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with Jeff Hardy that summer. And I think that that was a great cash in. Because you didn't see it coming and you didn't know that Punk was gonna be an opportunist like that. Yeah. As a baby. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So those, you know, those are some of the ones that, that stick out in my mind the most. Those those are really like the earlier the earlier cash ins are, are my favorite ones. And the Dolph Ziggler one, obviously. But the Dolph, yeah, that, that one that one was great to me, man. I love that Dolph Ziggler one, man. Yeah, that would that will forever be like one of the top five cash ins for sure. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well man. we'll we will see a whole new crop of cash ins, man. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, we'll, we'll see. It. We'll see if Bobby Roode cashes in on Brock Lesnar. I don't know. That just sounds strange. It just, yeah, it doesn't even just sound right. Man. <laughs> it just does not sound right. Oh man! <laughs> well, that that wraps up this this long episode. I guess it was we got everything out of our system from the last three weeks. Yeah, man, we had to catch up. Yeah, it was it was good catching up, man. We talked about everything. SmackDown on Fox, uh, the state of the future of SmackDown, the state of Raw, uh, pay-per-views being too long. We talked about Halloween. <laughs> yeah. We we done covered it all, man. Yeah, man. My my plug is uh please continue to support AYNE. I know it's been a while since I've uploaded content, but I'm still on Instagram, so Follow me on uh, on Instagram, A-Y-N-E Podcast. And download the app on, on Anchor if you haven't done so already. Anchor.fm slash A-Y-N-E. That would be the URL. All my episodes are there, even the very early ones with the terrible audio. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. 